Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I am your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your coach, your guide on the side. Welcome to the program. Today, have we got a great show for you. We, uh, we're going to be talking about trust today. You know, you gotta, you got to be able to trust people. Trust is a very important part of leadership, of getting people to be willing to follow you. They've got to trust you. So think about it. Do the people around you trust you? How effective are you as a father, as a mother, as a friend, as an employer, an employee? How effective are you at building trust with the people around you? Because you know what? It's not going away. Trust to me, one of the most universal uh, principles, I believe, in human relationships. So during the show today, that's what we're going to get into uh, deep is this concept of trust. Later, we have Charles Green that will be joining us who um, works with an organization that trains you know, people, they train uh, businesses on how to build and increase trust with their associates. And it's a powerful thing. Trust is taking over. A friend of ours, too, a friend of the show, Stephen M. R. Covey, um, wrote a book called Speed of Trust, talking about how you can become more efficient if we could trust each other even more. And again, part of this is to help everyone on, on my team here. We like to We like to just work as a team and grow trust. And I've sensed there's less trust here. Why is that? Well, uh, Alyssa Banks asks, because I I want to have the fall, the trust fall. Have you ever seen that? Oh, I love those. Can we do the one where you're on the wood platform? Yeah. Okay. But we're going to do that today. At okay. the end of the show, mm-hmm. I'm going to have Aaron stand. Oh, man. I'm going to have Aaron stand <laughs> on the... the on your shoulders. Not on my shoulders. Oh. <laughs> That would hurt. I bet I, you're going to stand on the table here, and then okay. you're going to fall back, and you will trust that Alyssa will catch you. Yeah. Just Alyssa. Yeah. I probably weigh like twice to three times more. No, but look her. at these biceps. <laughs> look, look at that bicep. Okay. Singular. But you know, you've got to trust. Mm. So, All right. And, and maybe Sean will be there to help. But he'll be there. Why? <laughs> I was like, I don't want to. You try, huge. Go ahead, go ahead. Try and fall into the other booth. I won't be able to catch you. There's a window right here. Well, no, you're going to come in here. Oh, well, yeah. I don't. I don't want to sure. give all the directions. Make me move. Trust uh, is the topic today. Now, um, what I want to do, and I'm going to surprise everybody, uh, except Let me guess. Sean, because Sean already knows this. Yeah. But uh, I want to get to the headlines. So. You know, we like to go to the national headlines to to figure out some stories where trust may apply. Headliners from the Matt Townsend Show, a summary of stories that you might have missed. Thank you, James, even though you're not here, and uh, appreciate the recording. We normally would turn the time over right now to Alyssa to teach us about or to give us some of the news about trust. But before we do that, I've thrown in my own story about trust, and I've asked Sean to, uh, to prep and read on it. Sean? Dateline Sichuan, China. <laughs> okay. Southwestern province. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, the planned first ever live broadcast of a panda giving birth yeah. has been canceled. Aw. I'm Bummer. sorry. Why? I, Why, Sean? Why? Well, there are claims that the expectant mother faked her pregnancy. 
A panda, a panda faking, faking her pregnancy. pregnancy. <laughs> Giant panda uh, Ai Hin may have tricked staff at a breeding center in China to receive more pampering and extra food rations. Oh my mm, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. That is cool. That is a smart panda. She uh, was showing signs of pregnancy last month, according to the staff at Chengdu Breeding Research Center. <laughs> but shortly after being moved to a single room with air conditioning and around-the-clock oh care, gosh. her behavior and physiological indexes returned <sighs> to normal. Yeah. Of course, you know, when you're a pregnant panda, you do receive uh, a lot more uh, I, stuff than the other pandas. I think you get, a pregnant anything. Well, you get more buns, <laughs> more fruit, more bamboo. Sounds more like buns. my wife. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we always give her like more hot dog buns. <laughs> What do you want? You want more fruit? We throw more fruit on her. Just throw weird. it at her. <laughs> what do the guy pandas do? Uh, they don't have anything to fake. I guess not. They yeah. fake. They fake. What do they fake? fake. They, I don't know. Their back hurts and they can't. They can't vacuum the panda stall. Can't so, vacuum. <laughs> sorry, but no panda birth today. See, so do you trust a panda that fakes pregnancy? Well, I think uh, it's pretty interesting that they're that smart. Yeah. You know, we we don't think of animals as actually having intelligence sometimes. No, true. true. But see, if you knew you were going to get more fruit, I would mm-hmm. fake pregnant. Mm-hmm. Sure, right? I mean, it's it's fruit, so it's just really Pavlovian. I, I want to see you fake a pregnancy. That's Matt. what I'd like to see. Just the sounds and. Mm. <laughs> was that the sound, Alyssa? I guess so. That was a chortle. Was that, was that a <laughs> laugh that you stopped, or was that faking yeah. pregnancy sounds? I don't even know. I don't Let's even know what a fake there. pregnancy sounds either. like. Uh, that's funny. So trust, you know, it's fun. It's just interesting. These cute little panda bears, they'll even fake you out. Yeah, anything for weird. some buns. Never that's trust a panda. That's what I learned from that that's story. Right. Oh, Pregnant or not. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Alyssa, moral. back to you. Uh, what headlines have you? Can you can you beat that headline? I mean, that's a great headline. I feel like I can, but mine are with humans. Oh, okay. Yeah. Are they pregnant? Um, not that it says. Are they faking pregnancy? We will look into it later, I okay. guess. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um. So the summer is basically over. I guess we can oh. say summer's over now. It is over, which I guess means that you can wear other clothes now. Is, aren't there certain rules that you can't wear certain clothes until after Labor Day? No yeah, white like after white. Labor Day. Mm-hmm. Oh, unless you're a hipster. Fashion is so kind of Your white patent changing. leather shoes have to go, yeah. Matt. Is that, yeah. I don't actually think I own anything white. Oh. Well, then no worries. Okay. I'm okay. Good. But what about your teeth in the morning? Not white. Okay. Mm, perfect. That's what they tell me. Dodge that. They're like, yeah. Can you get some more white on your teeth? So uh, what then? So now summer's gone. Summer is gone. But while it was here, um, we had some lemonade stands. Um, and this guy, this 12-year-old boy, I guess I should say, had a lemonade stand. And his neighbor, Doug, who's 61, was fighting to, um, to close down this lemonade stand because it was unlicensed. Oh, man. Yeah. Doug. But he's got reasons, apparently. He says that um, it causes too much traffic, illegal parking, excessive noise. You know, lemonade stands. They'll create some ruckus in the neighborhood. Curmudgeon alert. (laughs) That is, come on, Doug. Yeah. So he emailed City Hall four times, twice last summer and twice this summer. Because he's like, the lemonade stand is back, you guys. It's got to go. It's got to go. He hates it. Let's call SWAT in. So then they had, um, I think, a deputy go and check out the situation, and he found out, you know, this lemonade stand gets 10 to 30 customers a day. That's it. 
And the other neighbors seemed to be fine with it. Well, then um, Fox 13 reported on the issue. And ironically, um, this this man's complaints must have backfired because then the boys lemonade stand got all kinds of people. Tens of thousands of dollars. Yes. He earned six hundred dollars in two hours. Wow. Yes. You know what? That'll help in the lawsuit against the 61-year-old man. <laughs> so, yeah, this guy's just kind of cranky. He doesn't want the lemonade stand or the traffic. Come on. Kids need to learn somehow. And how else could you get uh, – how else could you get uh, – what's Giardia? If, <laughs> or I don't even – how else could you get some disease if you didn't have some kid stirring That's the true. lemonade with his hand? That's true. You need it. That's how – it not this only helps our immune system – but it also helps the children learn how to manage money. Right. People need right. to relax. <laughs> Come on, relax. Okay, that's cool. That's good news. Oh, so he made money. Good job, Yeah, people. so good for him. Yeah. We'll take the positive out of that one. There's one. That's good. Okay, so the next thing, Matt Damon, um, he was asked to do the ice, the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge yes. by Jimmy Kimmel and Ben Affleck. And we know we've all heard about the Ice Bucket Challenge over and over again, but oh, yeah. have you seen someone do it with Used toilet water. No. Me neither until what? now. Um, <laughs> oh, that's yeah, gross. It's yummy. So he did it with used? <laughs> yes, it says he used toilet, toilet water. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason Ooh. for this was because he is the co founder of water.org. Hmm. And this is a nonprofit organization that is looking to sanitize water for underserved regions. Yeah. And so he's like. Where is he from? (laughs) Yeah, California. I don't know specifically. But he's like, well, one bucket seems unnecessary to dump on my head, right? So I think I'll just use the toilet water. Huh. (laughs) And he. Yeah. And he says that. it was because there was a drought in California, too. Yeah. So I mean, you, you might no, as well. I mean, it makes sense. A lot of people yeah. are complaining about that. But maybe you just don't do it. And instead, oh. you pull out your checkbook oh. and you write a big Matt Damon check to ALS. Yeah. Well, and then you just save your toilet water. Live and learn. For the toilet. Live and learn. Wow. Okay. Well, good news, I guess. There you go. Well done. Well done, Alyssa. Hey, folks. Uh, you know, that's why I'm not going to do the ALS challenge. Because I want to... I don't want to use toilet water. And I'm, I believe, in saving. Uh, write a check instead. It's just easier. So we're going to take a break. And when we come back, folks, we are going to get into the discussion about trust. Uh, Charles Green from The Trusted Advisor. Uh, he's the author of the book, The Trusted Advisor. He's going to be teaching us about trust and the power of trust in your life and your relationships. Stick with us, folks. This is The Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today, you know, uh, we're going to be talking about trust and building trust with the people around you, understanding the importance of trust. When you think about it, where where are you in your family, in your marriage, at work, if people don't trust you? Even if you're right, even if you have the answer that can save someone's life, if they don't trust you to deliver the answer Guess what? It may not matter what you know 
if they're not if people don't trust you. So one of the things I wanted to do on the show today is um, figure out and, and learn a lot more about about how trust works, how we can grow it, how we can be seen as a more trustworthy pe- person, how we can uh, you know enroll people into trusting us more. So. We thought, who to bring on to talk about that? We found Charles Green is his name. He's from TrustedAdvisor.com. Charles Green is the co-author of the book The Trusted Advisor and The Trusted Advisor Field Book. He's also the author of Trust-Based Selling. He is the founder and CEO of Trusted Advisor Associates, where they help um, professionals become trusted advisors to their clients, help organizations create more trustworthy leaders and teams. Interesting little background, though. He drove a, a taxi in New York City. So imagine this. He grew up in the Midwest, went to the big city of New York, got a philosophy degree, I guess, while he was there. Then he went, got an MBA from Harvard. He has spent 20 plus years in general management consulting with Gemini Consulting and the Mac Group. Then he started his own firm in 95. Uh, and, you know, it's taken off since there. He has two grown uh, kids and Sammy the dog. Let's welcome onto the show Charles Green. Charles, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. <laughs> Thank you, Matt, very much. It's quite an intro. Appreciate How, it. You bet. How's Sammy the dog? Oh, well, sad to say that date is a little bit out of date. I had to put Sammy the dog down Bummer. about six, six months ago. Bummer Did you? Right. You're absolutely right. Well, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry you did that, and I'm sorry I didn't know that because I here's I got to clarify something we talked about earlier. Um, uh, we we told a story about Matt Damon earlier. Uh-huh. He did the ALS challenge, and we used we talked about how he used toilet water. This is, I guess, in memory of Sammy the dog. I don't know if okay. Sammy drank out of the toilet, but uh, Matt Damon poured toilet water on his head. And we mistakenly said that it was used toilet water. It wasn't used. Ah. It was just ah. toilet water, which, toilet water, yeah. you know, it seems like if it's still in the toilet, it's pretty much used. But um, yeah. anyway, well, my, we want to clarify that. In a, in a, in a, yeah, thank you. It's my, my fault for having an out-of-date bio. No, you're good. Hey, talk to me, Charles, because do you go by Charles or Charlie? Now that we've met, let's go with Charlie. Charlie, I like that. Um you you wrote a book on trust. You've written a few, two or three, the, the trusted advisor and trust-based selling. The funny thing about trust, I think we all kind of get, you know, get it. You know, it's trust. Yep. But it's so, um, it's so kind of off the radar, isn't it, until we don't have it. Does well, that make sense? That, that absolutely makes sense. I, I mean, I've been studying this trust thing for over 15 years now, and you put your your finger on it. We all kind of know uh, what it is in our guts, yet if you try and define it, it's very slippery. Mm-hmm. It's hard to put your finger on it, and you're right. It becomes much more evident in its absence. I, I think the um, one of the best things that I've discovered thinking about it over the years is a real simple distinction between trusting and being trusted. It's one thing to be trustworthy. It's another one to trust other people. And mm. when we just talk about trust, we confuse the two of them. Yeah. We really have to break it down and say it's a, it's, a, it's a relationship, but it's an asynchronous one. You know, To trust somebody is not the same as to be trusted by somebody. And you've got to kind of look at both ends of it. So That's interesting. Uh, once you, yeah, once you start saying, well, what does it mean to be trustworthy and trusted by others? That's different than what it means to trust other people. And you've got to have both of them going on. Yeah, you do, because there are people that don't trust anybody. And That's it may true. not have anything to do with who they're dealing with. They, it may have been from where they're coming from. As, as a matter of fact, there's been research done on that, and an awful lot of that has to do uh, 
kind of with your whole general outlook on life, you get it not even from your parents, you get it from your grandparents. Oh, really? So historically, yeah, in, historically around the world, you find there's a greater propensity to trust strangers. Uh, the most is in the Scandinavian countries, and the least is in places like southern Italy, eastern Europe, Russia. Huh. Uh, and uh, and that lives on in, in your, your children and your grandchildren, even if they're living in Minnesota or Florida or whatever. That's so interesting. So it could be even, it's a cultural thing, too. Yeah, the propensity to trust, the trusting part of it, is very much a culture thing. That's exactly correct. And then on top of it, if you had people around you when you were growing up that did you harm or seemed to do you harm um, in your, you know, your little three-year-old mind, it, then all of a sudden trusting can be even more difficult. Exactly right. You betcha. Talk about trustworthiness. So, so th- that's kind of the trusting side. Talk about yeah. trustworthiness. So, what makes someone a trustworthy person? Is it are, are there just certain things we have to do consistently? Is it or is it situational? How does that work? Well, one of the best again, it's one of these words that you know we toss around all the time. We all kind of have a gut feel for it. But, yeah. Uh, what I and my co-authors came up with, I think, is a pretty good, simple definition of it. We call it the trust equation. People who are trustworthy are those who exhibit four factors, uh, and, and uh, we, we call it C plus R plus I over S. C stands for credibility, can okay. I believe what you tell me? R is reliability, can I depend on you to do what you said you'd do? Uh, I is intimacy, which means do I feel safe kind of sharing stuff with you, or do I feel secure and comfortable? And then in the denominator of that little equation, we have a thing called self-orientation, which means, are you focused on yourself, or are you focused on me? Oh, interesting. In other words, if, if I approach you and you're all about yourself, uh, you know, selfishness is the most obvious manifestation of that, but it's also just neurotic self-preoccupation. Hmm. If you're constantly focused on yourself, then I don't particularly trust you, because you're not paying attention to me. Yeah, so, cause, isn't that it? Yeah, that's interesting. Because we're all kind of oriented to protect ourselves, right? So if you're too protective of yourself, I can't trust you'll take care of me. That's exactly right. Because to, to trust somebody means uh, there is no such thing as trust without risk. You know, all right. to Ronald Reagan who said trust but verify. If you're verifying, that's not trust. That's something else. Hmm. And there's a lot to be said for verification, especially in foreign policy, which is what he was talking about. But in interpersonal relationships, if you can't trust anybody, if you never take a risk, guess what? Nobody's going to trust you. That's You know what? It's, it, it's so funny because even the equation itself, it seems like, man— Charlie just complicated something that's really easy. But you know what? It's not, is it? Well, I was, I was hoping to simplify something that was complicated. I know. I know, but that's what's so funny is we all think it's just, yeah, I know what trust is. Hello. But, I, yeah, will I, I, well, we yeah, will I lend you my bike? Will I let you tend my child? But I won't let you tend my child if you're not credible, if you're not reliable, if I can't connect to you on a deeper level, and if you're too selfish. Well, all, all those things go into account. If you, you know, you, you, we can all come up with a dozen examples like those two. Yeah. And you kind of check down the list, and you'll find pretty much those four cover the waterfront. You know, can I believe what you say? Do you have a track record? Do I feel like you're not going to abuse my confidence? And do you feel like you're capable of acting in my best interest, not just your own? Hmm. Is it changeable? So. Is it is it a variable? Is it a factor that I can improve? Can I improve these yeah. these concepts? Yes, you can. We, we've actually created a uh, an online uh, test about that. Sixty thousand people have taken it. And I can now tell you some wow, you know, interesting data. Yeah, what have you learned? Of, 
Well, I think the most interesting one is probably let, let me test you live here. We haven't yeah. rehearsed this, right? No, no. Who do you think is more trust? Who do you think is more trustworthy, men or women? What do you think? Oh, uh, I, I would. I just go with women. And you would be right. Would I? And uh, yeah, and ninety-five percent wow. of the people that I ask that—that that is from the gut. Which, which also, when ninety-five percent of the people say that, that itself says something. But so does the data in, in the sixty thousand people. Really? By a non-trivial, non-trivial amount. Well, the reason for it turns out to be that of those four factors, uh, women outperform men massively on one of those four factors. See if you can guess which one it is. I'd Credibility. Say- Reliability, okay. intimacy, or self-orientation. Which one do you think women? Oh tend to do better? man, I, I would say, uh, I would say self-orientation. Well, it, it's intimacy, which is probably your second. <sighs> that that was my second. Uh, that, that's interesting. Yeah. So they know how to get to your heart. Well, yes, they know how to get to your heart. They know how to feel that they're not threatening. They know how to make you feel that they're not threatening. Which is why, by the way, women tend to be better salespeople in most businesses. Interesting. Uh, yeah. And in particular, don't feel threatened by women. That... And it turns out that overall, that intimacy factor, this is the other finding, of all the four factors, the one that carries the most weight, and I'm talking statistical regression analysis here, the most powerful of the four factors turns out to be intimacy. Wow. So to get back to your question, can we affect this? Can we change it? Yes, we can. And it turns out that probably the, the two easiest ones to change our reliability, it's not hard to become dependable and reliable. Right. Uh, it, it, you can work on that. But the other one is intimacy. We can get better at intimacy. That's it huge. It takes a little bit of personal courage. Yeah, it is huge. Yeah. And that is one of the most, the most powerful. No, I love that, yes, Charlie. And I see that a lot in my, um, I see that a lot with my own clients as I'm coaching them in relationships is that intimacy is one of the hardest to have and to regain. We're going to take a break and come back and continue our discussion with Charlie Green. He uh, is the author of The Trusted Advisor and The Trusted Advisor Field Book. He's also the author of The Trusted Base Selling. More on trust and growing this intimacy in our relationships at a very basic level right here on The Matt Townsend Show on BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today, we are taking on this idea of trust, right? It seems so big, yet so obvious. It's core to every human relationship. It's core to your job. It's core to success with your clients, with business people. People have to trust other people. So we decided to bring on Charles Green from TrustedAdvisor.com. He's a consultant. He's been at this for many, many years. He's also the author, uh, co-author of the book, The Trusted Advisor and The Trusted Advisor Field Book. He's the author of the book, Trust-Based Selling, and the CEO of Trusted Advisor Associates. Charlie, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You bet. Um, we were talking before the break about your equation. So you guys have this equation for uh, trust called the trust equation. Credibility, reliability, intimacy over self-orientation. Um, Correct. T- and then you were saying before we, we took the break that intimacy is the most important of the four. Right. The biggest it, pull. It to have, yeah, the biggest pull, the biggest power. That's exactly right. How do we get um, to intimate? I mean, what and define that a little bit more. Intimacy and trust. What is that? What does that mean? Sure. Well, intimacy it basically means uh, uh, do I feel comfortable confiding in you? 
there are certain people you feel easy opening up to, or there are certain circumstances, situations where you feel at ease sharing information with someone. Mm. Uh, and sometimes, like if you're sitting next to someone on an airplane trip, you know, for eight hours yeah. or something, and you end up sharing half your life, partly because you know you're never going to see them again. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, so there's no consequences. But it's those kinds of interactions, the, the freedom of sharing things that creates a bond, can be very quickly, which belies another myth about trust. Trust takes time. Yeah. Well, certain kinds of trust, it takes time to develop a sense of reliability because it takes repeated instances. But for the most part, trust does not take time. Hmm. You make trust decisions very, very quickly. You see a doctor with a white coat, a stethoscope, a degree on the wall, boom, instant credibility. That's true, huh? Uh, right. Or and a cop. I mean, if, if a police officer walks up, you might kind of have an inherent trust because the, you know, the uniform they're wearing. Or I mean, so so it can happen quickly, and yet other trust takes a little bit longer to grow. Yes, um, I mean, in some uh, sense of getting to know other people, that tends to take a while. But you can accelerate it. I mean, the biggest thing I found out, one of the bigger things, trust. The notion that trust takes time is vastly overstated. A lot of it gets formed very quickly, and this intimacy notion is the part of it. One of the fastest ways to create intimacy is to be vulnerable yourself, to offer something up, to start the conversation. You be the one to reach out your hand. You be the one to say, gosh, maybe I'm the only one here that has a stupid question, but um, Mm. you take the lead. Uh, And what you're doing is actually role modeling a tiny little bit of trusting yourself and the natural response on the part of the other person is to return and reciprocate that favor. Very few people uh, are hell-bent on taking advantage of others at the slightest sign of weakness. Right. Uh, most of us respond positively to a positive, generous gesture in the first place. It's and so you can true. Accelerate. Yeah, it is true. It's, uh, again, it's one of these simple things about trust. But until you kind of sort it out, we can't really work with it. Uh, but that's one of the fastest ways to create trust in a relationship. You take the lead. You be the one to take a tiny bit of risk. And that kicks off the sort of chain reaction back and forth. It seems like like I was thinking about that. You know, you go to a meeting and everyone in the meeting is new. And a lot of times you just feel like you're sitting there and everyone's looking at each other until somebody finally risks and puts themselves exactly. out there. What What is it about us? It's almost like we don't trust ourselves. We don't trust well, that in this moment yeah. that I can do that. Yeah. This no, well, the notion of trusting oneself, I, I think – First of all, it's a little bit of a linguistic confusion. It assumes, it assumes that there are two uses. There's yeah. us doing the trusting and us being trusted. Yeah. And unless you're truly schizophrenic, that's not exactly right. That's not but happening. We do mean, yeah. there, there are two things that we, we do mean, though, when I say, oh, I trust myself, I don't trust myself. One of them is, you know, if you're an alcoholic, you, you probably shouldn't hang around the bar. <laughs> if you've got a, you know, a diet problem, you probably shouldn't be working in a chocolate store. Right, and uh, if you want to create a, a bunch of trusting people, then don't be giving a lie detector test all the time. Uh, the environment has an effect. So when we say I don't trust myself, part of the some of the time that's what we're talking about. We're talking about I I've got instincts that I need to be careful of. Yeah. The other the other part though that's meaningful. When do we trust ourselves? I think it's closer to what you were getting at, and that's like uh, how do I know that I can. Uh, that my judgments are right, or how do I know to raise my hand or reach out or take that first breath? Right. And, um, well, I guess a, a couple of comments. Most of us are overly afraid of making a mistake, and therefore we do nothing and we make a different kind of mistake. Call it type 1 error and type 2 error. You know, we're so afraid of doing something wrong that we do nothing, and then you end up not doing whatever it was that you should have done in the first place to right. do it right. Interesting. Um, I, 
Yeah, that, I mean, I see that all the time. It's the fear of the risk, so we don't try anything, and then we never get feedback, and then we never know. It never strengthens us. You know, uh, Wayne Gretzky said, you'll, you'll never miss 100% of the shots you never take. <laughs> yeah. Um, true. I, I think the best example is a lifeguard. If you picture a guy whose job is, a, is to be a lifeguard, and he sees somebody out there waving their arms, and he thinks, well, maybe he's drowning, but, you know, maybe he's not, and I'm working on my tan, and it'd look a little silly if I jump. No, <laughs> we want that person to get out there and take the risk of looking silly because the person might be drowning. That's right. Um, we don't behave that way too much in business. We sit back. So one is to recognize our tendency is to be too conservative and not take a risk. The other thing is to tell yourself, come on, self, what's the downside here? You know, so I look a little silly. How bad is that, really? Or somebody thinks I get a wrong answer, somebody for a moment laughs, you know, seriously, grow up, recognize these are simply a little hurts to our ego, get over it. Uh, the downside is not nearly as much as we think it is. We People don't really think about us as much as we think That's people right. think about us. That's right. You know, we worry about what other people think. The truth is they're thinking about themselves. So I think that's part of the answer, too. We need to, we need to emotionally grow up and get over the fact that the uh, uh, we might suffer a little pinprick to our ego. I see that all the time, just like in public speaking. Um, when I started, I do it a lot. I do it a lot, probably like you. And I, at first, I was nervous, and then it dawned on me. Finally, watching in a in a in a speaking class in college, I watched a lady who did everything she could to get up there, and then she broke out in hives as she was speaking. And I'm sitting, oh, wow. and you can just watch the hives working their way through her body. And I'm sitting there uh, thinking, "Oh yikes, does that happen to me?" Then I, it, uh, I had this shift in my head that said, "No, that doesn't." And uh, you don't even get a red face. Nobody even knows what you're feeling. And I, I literally had this shift in my head that just said, "Risk. Nobody cares. Nobody notices. Nobody cares. If it goes that bad, then you got to worry about it." Other than that, and, and you never go that bad, so just risk it. And it shifted this exactly. thought in my – and all of a sudden, hey, I dare say it. Now, many times well, I regret it. You know, you regret well, what you probably, say. Probably, probably on balance you don't regret it. I'm sure that you, you, you far more often – that's giving you liberation yeah. far more often than the case that you regret it. That's true. That's exactly right. It's just the you – know, yeah, you'll always remember those. Do, do you – okay, crazy question. Do you uh, earn trust or do you um, – do you just trust? Yes. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's it's both. Uh, yeah. You can you can earn trust, uh, and and you do it. I mean, partly that reliability part of the equation uh, adds up, mounts up over time. Uh, repeated instances of credibility or doing favors for others that mounts up. You earn it. Um, but at the same time, as we talked about before, there are some people who are highly trusting, and others who just will not you know will not trust at all. Um, to some extent, that, that's wrapped up in, in a, a real, to, to grossly oversimplify, people who are, uh, are untrusting of others on principle, don't trust others, believe two things. Number one, uh, the world's basically heading in the wrong direction. Hmm. And number two, all those other people are in charge of my life. <laughs> that's an untrusting person. Yeah. Uh, by contrast, people who are inclined to trust others tend to believe two things. That by and large, the world's getting better, and you know what? I pretty much control my own destiny. Hmm. And uh, those those people are far more willing to take these small risks that we're talking about. They recognize they're not all that big in the scheme of things anyway. And they end up trusting others. And guess what? Those are the ones that others end up trusting them, too. That's right. Trust works. 
that way. It's this back and forth reciprocal thing. It's almost contagious, um, isn't it? It's like well, it becomes yeah. it becomes easier to follow, easier to risk with people we trust. That, I guess that's what Stephen Covey, Stephen M. R. Covey, called that the speed of trust. That's where it gets faster, right? Life well, yeah, it gets a little more efficient really, because we can trust each other. Absolutely, all kinds of things. That was a great line he came up with. That, you know, when trust is when trust is is up, uh, speed goes up and cost goes down. When trust goes down, speed hmm. goes down and cost goes up. He's absolutely right. But man, it's complicated. I mean, on a it's really not. It's fairly simple. It's cool how you've got this broken into basic principles, really. And, and some yeah. of this, it's so interesting how much of it's just in our head, huh? It really is. I, I Of all the things, all the topics that we, you know, we talk about honor or love or relationships or culture, uh, I find trust is one of these words that's quite remarkable because we do all kind of nod our head in any of these things that we say, and yet to sort it out is not an easy thing. Mm-mm. We do not have an evolved way I was at an academic conference just a couple of months ago, and let me tell you, the PhDs in psychology cannot talk to the PhDs in uh, political science. Oh, I know. And none of them can. None of them can talk to the PhDs in business. They all have different perspectives. <laughs> That's right. Are. And they're all, a lot of them are saying the exact same things, but they even have their own. They, they have their own rules. They, I mean, they have their own. They have their own um, lessons, their own verbiage, their own principles. I mean, it's yet, like yet there's the, the same the thing. You're like, the that's right, exactly. Which is probably one of the reasons certain advancements aren't happening. <laughs> like, how are we not becoming so much better? And part of it's because we've just compartmentalized everyone. A good example, if you, you, you can pick up any the newspaper any day, and you'll find an article that says something like trust in banking is down. Mm-hmm. Well, right there, ask yourself, gee, does that mean that banks have become less trustworthy or does it mean that people have become less willing to trust banks? Mm-hmm. Now, maybe it may be both of those things, but those are very different things. Oh, yeah. So we figure out as a matter of public policy whether we have a banking problem or a social trust problem. We're not going to solve either one of them. That's so true. And think about, I mean, we've got to take a break, but uh, Congress, in politicians, in um, in government, in, in uh, from Ferguson, Missouri, in police officers, in, yeah. I mean, there's so many things that are hinged on this trust. That's why this discussion is so critical. We're going to take a break. We'll come right back. More with Charlie Green from TrustedAdvisor.com. Lessons of life, my friends. This is what we need to figure out if we want to make our lives healthier and better, stronger. We'll take a break. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today, remember, uh, we're talking trust. And on this show, we like to give you tools, not just, you know, we could sit here and call, have a bunch of people call in that don't trust each other. You know, we could do that. That's pretty much what every other call-in show would do. The thing we want to do, though, is give you the tools and give you real ideas, real insight into 
life and the and the principles and the skills we all need to make it through this crazy thing we call life. Today we're focusing on trust, trustworthiness, the ability to trust others. Charles Green is on the phone with us. He's the co-author of The Trusted Advisor and The Trusted Advisor Field Book. He's the author of Trust-Based Selling and has a wonderful website. You got to go check it out, trustedadvisor.com. He's been consulting uh, organizations for years, 20 plus years probably. Actually, probably 30 plus years, haven't you, Charlie? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and I mean, two grown kids. He's he's he, a really cool thing. And by the way, I'm sure you learned a lot about trust driving taxi in New York City. In retrospect, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then you went from that eventually to a Harvard MBA. So you know, you've seen you've seen yeah. the world a little bit. <laughs> you've seen at least two Eastern cities, uh, Eastern U.S. cities. So Charlie, talk to us a little bit more um, about trusting others and. How do I, uh, you know, how do I take my own insecurities, my own fears, um, and turn them over to people? How do I, how do I grow trust in in somebody that I'm struggling with? Well, let's see. A couple. Let's let's throw. You know, one of the top best practices, whatever. Um, let me mention two of them. One of them has to do with listening. One of them has to do with thinking about uh, um, a technique for risk management. Okay. Listening, I'm hardly the first person to tell you or your listeners uh, about the importance of listening, but I just want to underscore it. There is nothing more influential, profound, than the respect of being paid to by being listened to. Uh, in business, people could think that listening is about trying to understand where the other person is coming from, and they play versions of 20 questions, right. and, you know, ease out. And that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about drop your jaw, forget your watch, sit down, and just become infatuated with listening to what the person in front of you is saying. Forget about thinking how you're going to respond. Just pay attention. It turns out in uh, an amazing number of walks of life, that turns out to be how you influence other people mm-hmm. and how you create trust, not by talking but by listening. Uh, that, that influences the, dynam- the dynamics between marital therapy, suicide hotline, uh, successful journalists, uh, uh, and and, um, and all kinds of walks of life, listening with the point of view of giving respect to the other person by trying to appreciate where you're coming from. And, and think and of that when it goes to intimacy, not to interrupt you, but you were talking about intimacy. To me, that is how you open yourself up to be intimate. Exactly correct. Yeah. That, that, is, that, that makes people feel comfortable sharing with you. That's exactly what intimacy is about, and you're dead right. That's the skill for creating intimacy. Mm. Uh, can't underscore it enough. You know, I've written a lot about that. I'm not the only one that's written about it, so there's that. The other one has to do, as you said, with, with risk-taking. And here, let me give a practical tool. Four words. For, for the most part, I stay away from magic words because <laughs> it's not the words you say. It's the intent, the spin, right. the intonation, and look in your eyes that make the difference. But here's four words that aren't bad, and they are this, at the risk of... And then you fill in the blank with whatever demon is inhabiting your head at the moment, whatever scares you to death. So, you know, at the risk of looking like a complete idiot by not having understood the question in the first place, would you mind repeating it? I love that. Uh, Wow. Right? Yeah. Uh, And, you you know, we've all kind of learned to do some version of that anyway. Uh, I'm just trying to put words to it, you know. But that's where you can put it out there, huh? That's where you can just say, that's where you can be vulnerable. You got it. That's a, that's a tool for vulnerability. And a funny thing happens. I call it tool name it and claim it. As in, if you name it, you can claim it. Uh, to mix metaphors here, you know, the, the elephant in the living room, 
the elephant has power over us as long as nobody calls out the elephant. Yeah. Nobody talks about it. This is the technique for calling out the elephant. You know, at the risk of looking like the only person that sees there's an elephant in the room, it sure looks to me like there's an elephant in the room. Yeah. Everybody laughs and says, yeah, that's right, me too. And, you know, at, at the worst, you, you might, for example, uh, you know, at the risk of appearing too abrupt at this meeting because we just met, I do think we're going to have to talk about the price. I and, love it. Uh, you know, or, or, or whatever. Because we we're thinking it anyway. Problem. We just don't know how to surface thinking, it. Exactly. And you know what? Here's the genius thing about that. If you bring it up, and everybody was thinking about it, and even if the worst happens, even if they say, yes, that is inappropriate, no, I don't want to talk about that, yes, you're right, you were foolish, you know what? The fact that you've said it changes everything anyway, because mm-hmm. now it's been talked about. And often, often enough, people will come back the next day, and they'll say, you know, that thing you mentioned yesterday, and I shut you down, actually, you're right, we do need to talk about that, thanks for bringing it up, let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. How many times, uh, so it, too, do you end up just totally respecting the guy that said the thing that you can't say? There you go. Like, you're like, ah, yeah. oh, man, I wish I could have said that, because I've been thinking the same. I wish I could have said that. At the risk exactly. of offending anybody, we have to move on, because this, this is going to end in 10 <laughs> minutes. You know what I mean? And right. I'm like, oh, I exactly. wish I could have said that earlier. Yeah. Right. It's powerful. Right. And, and again, the vulnerable all of a sudden shows everyone else in the room that you're willing to put yourself out there, and we trust people that will put themselves out there like that. That's exactly it. We trust people who demonstrate that they are willing to put themselves out to be vulnerable, et cetera. And our natural reaction is to trust them. Somebody, I think it was the Secretary of State, and you know, from the 40s or 50s, I forget who, but somebody famously said, "The fastest way to make a the fastest way to make a man trustworthy is to trust him." Hmm. And uh, I think that's true. If we show vulnerability, trusting others by putting ourselves out there, their natural response is to live up to it. That's cool. Uh, somebody else once said, no matter whether you expect the best or the worst of someone, you're right. That's what you're going to get. That's right. And you've got to have your own skill set. I guess that's part of it, too, is like you've got to have the ability to listen, the, the ability to maybe say what needs to be said, because that increases your credibility. So it's almost like your confidence should come not from the people's trustworthiness around you, but from your ability to handle anyone's trustworthiness. I think that's right. Uh, some of this has to do with kind of emotional maturity. Once you get comfortable with the fact that, A, you're not God, and yeah. B, you're not the stupidest person in the room either. <laughs> that's right. That, you know, you're probably somewhere in between. You're pretty average. Yeah. You're pretty average, you know, nothing special, nothing bad. And once you're comfortable with that, then, you know, somebody can say, for example, well, well what do you know about this, that, and the other? And you can say, gee, I don't know anything about that. Yeah, that turns out to be the most trust-creating thing you can say because so everybody else is going to try and BS you. You know, at the if risk of say, looking like know. an idiot, I don't know anything about yeah. that. It's such. So I true. know nothing about that. Well, that's believable, right there. It's so believable. <laughs> that's great. Hey, we've got a couple minutes. What would you say um, is the one thing? So, if you had to, it's hard. I know. I'm. I'm an author. I know how hard this is. Yeah. But if you had to take your 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 philosophy uh, at trustadvisor.com and put it into a nutshell, what would you say is the one? key ingredient to trust and trustworthiness? Well, I'll cheat a little bit and go with two. One of them I mentioned is is listening. Listening in the sense of paying respect to the other person. Not listening to get something out or to find out, but listening simply to give the the gift, the fine gift of your attention. That's a big thing. And the other one is get over yourself. It's like we we just finished talking about, you know, you're you're not the smartest person in the room, you're not the dumbest person in the room, and not everybody's paying attention to you anyway, so get over it. (laughs) Uh, That lets you feel free to admit what you know and what you don't know, which is very credibility enhancing. 
I it love also that. increases people's ability to, uh, you know, respect and, and relate to you and share with you because suddenly you're not threatening to them. You've opted out of that whole fear and power game. And now you're just a person who's curious trying to, uh, to move ahead. And uh, move the conversation along. And think, uh, think how that would change the world. You know what I mean? If we would, if we could all be, be a little more real and a, a lot better listeners, and get over ourselves. Uh, amen to that. Holy Absolutely. cow! Where, what would all the lawyers yeah. do? Well, they would have to find a new line of work, wouldn't they? <laughs> <laughs> they and not maybe they wouldn't if they all listened better and took risks. And I mean. It's funny. We still need, you know, legal advice. We still need. Of course we do. Of yeah. course we do. But it is also true that uh, lawyers and politicians are, in, in all countries, politicians are among the least trusted. In this country, <laughs> lawyers join them at the bottom. Oh, wow. Uh, by the way, the most trusted profession, you know what shows up at the top of all the surveys? Take a wild guess. Who do you think is the most trusted oh, profession? See, all of them have been blown up recently. I would say nurses. You are exactly right. Am That's I really? It hasn't been blown up. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, when you think about it, it embodies everything we've been talking about. Yeah. Strong scores on intimacy. You know, if the doctor says to you, you know, you're going to be up and walking in two weeks, the nurse will say to you, honey, it's going to be a month. It's gonna... guess who we believe. That's exactly we right. believe the nurse. Uh, Charles, I appreciate you, man. You've done a great job. We're going to have to have you back because you've got way too much knowledge. We'll have to pick you again. <laughs> Everybody, go check out Charlie Green's website, trustedadvisor.com. Wonderful stuff. Great resources. Again, this is the Matt Townsend Show, giving you the tools right here on BYU Radio. Good afternoon, all you trustworthy listeners to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your coach, your guide on the side. Welcome to the program. Today we are talking about trust. How do you build it? What do you do if you've lost it? You know, trust. We just had a wonderful guest. Charles Green joined us. Had a, had a wonderful discussion about, uh, you know, the equation of trust, credibility, reliability, intimacy. And self-orientation. you got to be able to trust that people aren't just selfish. They've got to also be giving. Now, here's the question. Because we've been learning about trust, trusting others, being trustworthy. What happens when someone has already broken that trust? They've already disappointed you and hurt you. And they've already gone out on dates with other people. They've already been committed to you in a showmance. And... (laughs) They then went out and found a girlfriend. I know. That's what happened to me. Maddie Richards is joining us. She's going to help us to rebuild trust. I didn't mean to get that personal. It's okay. It's okay. But I know that's why you wanted this topic today. (laughs) That is why I wanted it. Because James has violated the trust. Yeah, he crushed me. You're crushed. Oh, here's Aaron. Aaron well, I, I think he left today because he's going on a getaway to why meet the family you, or something. He already met the he's family, already met Aaron. The family. Well, he's meeting Catch him up. for a second time. They have a big family. <laughs> <laughs> they have a very big family. No, but seriously, though, rebuilding the trust, whether it's in a showmance or in a friendship or in a, a marriage or... A parole hearing. Yeah, any of those things. Uh, it's important to rebuild a trust in those kinds of relationships. That's right. How do we do it, though? You've right, been doing research. Here. I have Maddie been doing Richard. Research. 
So I have a few steps. First, these first sets of steps are what to do if you've been betrayed, and then the next steps are what to do if you've been the betrayer. How、mm-hmm. to rebuild the trust with the person that you've maybe hurt. I think if you listen to country western music, uh-huh, you are supposed to dig your key into the side of his. Pickup drive. No, it's pretty little souped up four wheel drive, drive、yeah. actually. But no,、yeah. that's actually incorrect. Is that not the okay? No. Okay. So the first thing you're supposed to do is assess the situation.、Mm. Um, before you rebuild any trust, you need to identify the, the relationship and decide if it's actually worth saving. Is this worth going through the effort? Yes. Is this something that matters to me that I care about enough to?、Yeah. Um, Make this. By the way,、work. that's the big one because so many people、yes. just get started and then it falls apart again. But they、yes. should have asked. So that do takes I even a serious look、yeah. to say, is this friendship really worth it to me? Yeah. Next thing, express your feelings.、Uh-huh. It doesn't help you to keep or them to keep it bottled up. Tell them, I'm angry. I'm upset. I'm、yeah. hurt. I'm frustrated. I feel betrayed. Ex- explain all those things to, to them and explain why. Yeah. You did this and it. Hurt me in this way, or you know, you can use the popular. I feel this because、mm-hmm. of this. That's good. Express that. Get、yeah. that out there. Get it out. Yeah. Then the next thing to do is to adjust your expectations.、Mm. Obviously, your ex- your expectations have been shattered, and what you need to do is just realize that you're not going to be able to rely on anyone 100 of the time because they're human. Right. So, that's, oh, that's so dangerous, and it's hard. Because what if this is your spouse and. How am I? Am I not supposed to rely on him? You are. You are supposed to still rely, but you're supposed to say, "Okay, what can my expectations reasonably be for、right. this relationship?" Yeah, yeah. And maybe they're a little bit lower because the trust has been broken. You'll hopefully be able to build it back up to well, the high expectations that you were at. Well, and part of it might be they, and maybe this is in your next area, but they may not. For example, how much should you trust? Somebody to be on time if they have rabid ADD. Yes. And if you、yes. already know they have a problem and you've known it for ten years, why are you now upset yes, again? Yes. Exactly. What I mean, it's all about okay. This is the kind of person that I'm dealing with. This is who they are. What are my expectations, and、yeah. how are they maybe not what they need to be? Yeah. And maybe、um, I just need to accept that, or yeah, you know. exactly. The next thing is to discuss your needs. Yes. So tell them, okay, this is what I'm going to need. Is this something that you can do for me? And then you know、yeah. it might take some compromise well, for you to if, say these are the the most important things that、yeah. I need. Maybe I'm going to have to let go of this thing. But a lot I, of people say, "I'll give you whatever you need. What do you need? I'll do it. I broke the trust. I'll give you. What do you want? You make me listen. No,、I'll、and that's it. the thing is、yeah. it. it I was takes, just acting that out. It, it takes you deciding that. I mean, if if your friend. If a friend spread a secret behind your back, you can't tell them. You can't be friends with any of these other people anymore. Yeah, right now, yeah. Those things、It's、don't happen. Your needs need to be.、Right. I need you to be connected to me. To honest me. to me, right? Exactly. That's good. Then the next thing is give and receive love. Yes. It's important to be able to give love, and you know, those people that the person that has hurt you is going to try and show love.、Mm-hmm. It might not be in a way that you want. And it might not be you might not trust that it's real, right? But you still need to receive it and acknowledge that they're at least doing something. They at least didn't walk away. Well, and you only need to give love if you believe in love. Yes, and that's, if you don't believe in loving, then don't give any love、um, because then you can just be cold hearted. And, and that's one of the next. That's one. That's part of it. Otherwise, because, you're becoming messed up because they are. Yeah, and that's that's the other part of it is if you're not fixing the friendship relationship because of love, what are you doing? Yeah. 
if you're doing it for money. social acceptance, it's for, it's for money. That's not the right reasons right. to stay in something. So if you can give and receive that love, that's a good indicator that it's a relationship that you, you should care about. Exactly. It's good. Um, next one, acknowledge your own faults and responsibilities. And this yes. is so hard. You have to understand that you might have had a role in the actions of the person who disappointed you. Are you blaming and, me? Yes, I am. I always like to act out. Yeah. These <laughs> so it's not an excuse that no. what they did is not no. excusable at all. No. But it, it does mean that, okay, I can improve only myself. So what can I do to maybe lessen the chance that this will happen again? Well, like, it, believe you when you say you'll always be on time, even though you never in this world have been on time. And then we set a situation where you had to be on time. Uh-huh. And I actually believed you would, even though yeah. I knew you wouldn't. So I could just accept that I tend or, to believe things that aren't Yeah, or, real. you know, say, okay, my, my fault was I, I should have told you 10 minutes earlier then you needed to actually yes. be here. Or I should have adjusted our timing so that I – because I should have known that you would have been. And that right. doesn't excuse that they're late all the time. Mm-hmm. But it says this is what I can fix yeah, because that's I'm – that's in your will what I can fix. That's cool. And then take time. You're going to need some time. Yeah. And you need to express to the other person that you need time. Don't rush it. Don't jump back into something because then you, it might happen again because you're yeah. not fully prepared. Don't you think you need to listen to Adele? Yes. I like to, when people break trust with me, I like to listen to Adele. I like to sit in a dark room really and watch sad. the rain. That's You set fire to it, didn't you? Set fire. Watched it burn. That's good stuff. Mm. So now we're going to talk about when you are the one that's been the betrayer. I've, I don't relate. I know you don't relate, but we're just going to So help. for the hypothetical listener who has ever, ever betrayed disappointed or someone. disappointed somebody's level of trust. Okay. All right. Number one, forgive yourself. Yeah. You cannot work to earn the forgiveness of someone else if you haven't forgiven yourself. That's great advice. It's huge and it's the hardest thing. So that might take some time. Yeah. Um, then you've got to take, expo- take responsibility but explain your actions. So we're not placing blame. We're saying um, this is what I did and this is why I did it. Yeah. And then the other person that allows them to understand a little bit more of – you're getting mad at me for always being late, but I my mother was always late growing up, and so that's why I just – I run on a bit of a slower clock. See, that's where people are going to get ticked off. Yes, they are. But part of it too is I guess you just need to know what's really going on with you. Yeah. And if you this need- is my ADD or whatever, you have yeah. to deal with your ADD. Yes, and I, it shouldn't push blame at all. And if, you're, right. if your excuse is because the other person did something, probably not. Sometimes have you ever noticed there's not a reason. Yes. So like when I have couples and there's been an affair, there's not a there's not a why. I mean, it's I was weak. I'm stupid. And that's not that's not good enough reason. Well, I know, why. but I know, but so here's the irony of this: is my reason will never soothe you. No. So but you need to know it for yourself. I need to know. It, so I change. But interestingly, um, I have people that they can't get over it, and they keep asking why, why. So by the time you're about in the thirteenth year of why. It's no longer the it's no longer the offender's problem. Exactly. Maybe not the thirteenth year. It could be the first year. Good. Keep going. Okay, so we have apologize, which is obvious, but it often gets overlooked. Yeah. So make a sincere, honest apology, and move forward from there. Change. Yes, and be willing to change. People will trust the change probably more than all of the talk. Yeah. Exactly. Um. Then, you know, state your desire to rebuild trust. Keep your word going forward. 
be patient, and show affection and respect. That's good. So you have all these tools now, hopefully, for... Where do you write a check? What? I don't know. I just think a lot of people write a check to get out of trouble. No, 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 no. That's bad. Like, let me buy you a boat. Do you want no, a boat? No, no. Follow these yeah, kinds those of are steps. Rules. Those these are, are better than trying to buy your way out Did of you something. use those with James? James is long gone, Matt. Are you I've, over it, I've though? accepted it. I've lowered my expectations of him. You seem sad. I, I am sad. Oh, no. You said you weren't going to play this. I was going to interrupt, though. That was perfect. Oh. It was, was like, beautiful. It was right on cue. Beautiful. Maddie Richard, well done. Thank you. You are now a master of violating trust. And helping. Helping. Oh, yeah. Helping people recover from trust violations. That's better. We're going to take a break, folks. Well done. Uh, I'm telling you. This is the deal. This is the real deal. We are working on trust, building trust, believing in trust. Coming up next, a great friend of the show, Kim Giles, is here, president and founder of Clarity Point Coaching. She's going to be teaching us um, about, you know, healthy trust, healthy growth, healthy, uh, healthy relationships. Up next on The Matt Townsend Show. Hey, we're back, friends. Uh, this is the Matt Townsend Show in the house. Kimberly Giles. Kimberly Giles from Clarity Point Coaching. She is a popular life coach, author, speaker, named one of the top 20 advice gurus in the country by Good Morning America 2010. In 2014, she was named the number one advice guru in the intergalactic area by the Matt Townsend Show. Kim Giles, welcome to the show. You never get tired of that one. <laughs> Don't. I like to enhance bios. Yes, I, I mean, can tell. You're not just you are, but you really are one of the best. I well, mean, that's a big according honor. to the Matt Townsend show. Thank you. Yeah, you're one of the best in the intergalactic area, <laughs> which I learned from Battlestar Galactica many, many years ago, many well, moons ago. That carries a lot of credibility, I'm sure, with somebody out <laughs> not there. Not really, but <laughs> Some go to Star Trek fans. You, you got to go to ClarityPointCoaching.com because on her website, she's she gives a lot of information. But also, um, there's just some great tools there that, that you can get in and start answering your own questions. Now, Kim, though, has – you you're a parent uh, and you're, uh, you've blended a family as well, right? Yes. So I'm a step-parent and, and parent. And how many kids total? Seven. Seven. And you know I have some adopted yes. too. So yeah. we got one you've, of every size yeah. and color. Which and I think is so cool. It's a fun family. We I love mean, them. Yeah. Well, what else could you do? You have to love them. But have you ever, like, but trusting your own kids, whether they're adopted or whatever, it's sometimes hard because you kind of think you know, like, oh, I know what he's thinking. Well, I I think the bigger thing, and you know, I always talk about fear, but this is the thing. As a parent, parenting is scary. Mm-hmm. And parenting triggers basically both of our deepest, darkest core fears on a daily basis, our fear of failure and loss. Yeah. So everything my kids do make me afraid that I'm failing as a mother and I'm going to lose them. And when I get caught in all that fear and I don't – it makes me not trust them. It makes – it hurts our relationship. It it literally creates an an arena where less trust is going to happen on both sides when I function from a place of fear. But I think a lot of parents are feeling this. Why do we do this? Because they're good kids. Your kids are good. 
They're not evil spawn of Satan. They're your spawn. <laughs> Yet you're <laughs> no, so, we're all so there's afraid. there's some that don't have it. But for well, the most sure, part, but, our kids yeah. want to make good choices right. and do smart things. And they make mistakes like we all do. But they're young and they haven't sure. learned a lo- enough yet. So, But it's it seems like then you don't trust them. And then, amazingly, they don't become trustworthy. Yeah. And then you've got it evidence. builds on That's itself, right. doesn't it? But I find with parents, the question we really need to be asking is not, how can I trust my kids as much as it is, how can I make sure my kids trust me? Ooh. Ooh. And I liked hearing yeah. your your segment before with Charles. Yeah. I Charles Green. Green. Yeah. Man, he had a, he hit it on the head when he said there's these two sides of trust. So, but as parents, we get more concerned about I can't trust them, and then well, they're going to do something yeah. bad, and I'm going to look bad, or I'm going to lose them, and I'm freaking out. But we're not spending enough time thinking about are we building a relationship of trust with our child so that they can trust us and bring stuff That's to right. us and talk to us? Because if you created that. You would know more about what's right. going on with your child. And I, I had a kid, one of mine years ago, who lied to me about something. And, and I was really – I mean, Well, he actually had trouble with drug abuse. Yeah. So he, he, had, so he's, he has to lie because he can't well, just, yeah. yeah, mom, I've got this. Yeah. But, you know, we got to a place where we were trying to rebuild trust between mm-hmm. us. And I had said, you know, I, I have trouble because I ask you questions now and you answer – and I don't trust you because yeah. you lied before. That's right. And he said, well, mom, I would make a deal with you. I promise you that I will tell you the truth if you can promise me that you can handle oh, the truth. Oh, I love that. That's powerful. Yeah. We had to really talk about what that looked like because what he was asking for is if I tell you the truth, are you going to react in fear and freak out because you're scared? Are you going to be able to set your fear aside and show up for me because this is about my life and what's going on with me? And if you can't do that, then I can't be honest with you. That's huge. And that's I've seen that in my own clients. That's such a beautiful thing. When one person can finally be honest. I, I How many times have you heard someone say, all I want is the truth? <laughs> and, then, and then some you guy opens up, the okay, <laughs> here you go, boom, and they can't handle it. Mm-mm. So it really goes two ways. You've got to be able to, I guess, lose the fight or flight fear, the reaction to this loss well, so and, that you can and hear it and let it you in. You do this with you, the couples you work with every day. If we're going to rebuild trust, we got to work on this relationship. Yeah, totally. And we've got to focus more on mutual respect caring for each other, you know, getting our fear out of the way so that we can show up in love. And we've got to do the same thing with our children. Now, the weird thing is it's obvious in a relationship with a spouse or significant other that I've got to treat them with with respect and I've got to work on that relationship. We're equals. We're peers. Right. But with kids, we think it's different. That's right. Because with kids, we've got to control them. Uh We've got to have this. They don't know better. Yeah. I am there to guide them. Well, and guide them becomes kind of force them and Con- control them. Control, yeah, forced control them yeah. to where I need them. But it's like he, uh, Charles Green mentioned earlier about um, intimacy. So one of the keys to trusting is being close, intimately close, so that we could share, be vulnerable, 
be open. So that your son was saying, I want to share honestly with you. And be vulnerable. And be vulnerable with you. And yet I doubt you can take it right now. And so you had to then negotiate, I can take it. What would well, that look and, like? And we had to we had to get a relationship at a different level. And it meant me opening up and being more honest that I don't have all the answers and I'm scared to death. And, and and being vulnerable myself to let him see I'm just a human being struggling, mm-hmm. doing the best I can. I've never been a mom before. He's yeah. my oldest. What yeah. did I know? Well, you, and you've never been a mom with a child with drug addictions. And Absolutely. And, it's huge. And, and so the more I think that we can be real and, mm-hmm. and admit our faults and weaknesses, sometimes as parents, we want to come off as... Oh, yeah. I know. We know it all. We're yeah. perfect. You're the one with the issues. Mm-hmm. And... That's huge. You're not going to build intimacy, are you? No, not at all. Not at they, all. We don't, because especially they're eventually going to be 30, and then we know they're messed up. Every child knows their parents messed up at 30. Yeah, they can they, finally. It dawns on them like, yeah, oh, yeah. Can, I, maybe sooner than that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it depends on your parents. So, yeah, um, your your guest before, he mentioned credibility, reliability, vulnerable, or yeah. intimacy, yeah. and self-orientation. I thought self-orientation that was fascinating. Huge. I know. That's why I, I, I bid on that. I thought, mm. I bet it's that. Oh, yeah. I blew that. But yeah. Anyway, but I, but, but it's, it's I so think true. With, with parenting, it is huge because when our kids do something wrong and it triggers our fear of failure and loss, we're immediately selfish. Oh, yeah. Our whole focus is, and I just need to hear from you what I need yeah. to make me feel better. Yeah. And I need you to do these things so that I feel better. Right. This is all Don't about me. Don't make me look bad. Do not make me look bad. It's <laughs> so true. That's largely yeah. where most of us parent from, that is, is not wanting to look bad. I uh, think that's it. So no wonder trust would be, you know, trust would be troubled if all of a sudden it's always about me. Yeah. You would start to look at me like, you're not out for me. Oh, of course I am. <laughs> I just so, don't want to look dumb with you, the people I've at church. I've taught my kids that if I ever start to freak out, for them to recognize this isn't about them at all. This is all about me. This is mom being mom for and a moment. You know, you know what I need is reassurance. So just say, mother, mother, understand this is not a reflection on your parenting. This was all about me. And my, <laughs> this was not coaching. about you. Yeah. And you're not going to lose me just because I made the stupid mistake. Yeah. I'm learning and it's going to be okay, mom. And if... If oh, they can say huge. that to me, that will help. No. Do they do that a lot? I yeah, bet they do it every day, do. like four times a day. Well, especially because they know I teach this. And so if I ever hear me in fear, they're like, oh, Mom, that sounds like fear. You better get oh, in trust and that's love where, over That's fear. where you'd send them to time out. <laughs> <laughs> you don't time out, but, right? But they're right. Yeah. And we got we to gotta practice. Man, that's a huge point, preach. isn't it? You, you do. And you are the message. And your yeah. trust is part of the message. And yeah, that's pretty. Well, they learn from us what we do and who we are more, a lot more than what we say. Mm-hmm. And so we, we got to live this stuff. We can't just preach it. We got yeah. to live it. Man, Kim Giles. We're going to take a break. She's the real deal, folks. She's one. She's a diamond. We always talk about diamonds. She's a diamond. <laughs> You're a diamond too, though, We're, we're all we diamonds all in the rough. Of the same value. That's exactly right. She's with Clarity Point Coaching. Kim Giles is her name. We're going to take a break, come back. We're going to continue the discussion about trusting your kids, building trust with your kids. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio.
Welcome back, friends. This is the Matt Townsend Show. In the house, Kimberly Giles is joining us. Kimberly uh, is from Clarity Point Coaching. She's the coach extraordinaire. She is really a top advice guru in the world, greater northern hemisphere. And uh, really a prolific writer, 240 articles. If you go Google Kimberly Giles and probably any topic, you're going to pop up. Yeah, there's probably... There's it's one. I mean, like oil refineries. Yeah, okay. you wouldn't be there. I'm not there. But any topic involving humans, <laughs> you're going to be there. So Kim's teaching us about um, building trust with our kids. And really, what a lot of this is, is we want – we're so fearful. We're so afraid that we won't – that the kids will make us look bad, that we're going to be – That it gets in the way of our relationships. <sighs> yeah. So I was telling you, I, I – I'm becoming a big fan of Teresa Britt, who wrote the book Parenting for Social Change. And that's the website she has, Parenting for Social Change, as well. Yeah, amazing. She said, parenting's about building a relationship of trust and love between you and a child. It is not about making them turn out the way you wanted them to. Mm. It can't be about control more than it's about love, trust, mutual respect, and caring for each other. That is, whoa, that's, that's hits it. the nail on the head because we, we do get too tied up into obedience and wanting them to turn out the way yeah. we want them to look. And- but we're doing it for them, Kim. I, w- I want them to turn out right without tattoos in perfect form and status for their sake. And we that's partly true, but it's also largely about how we're going to look. Oh, I will look so bad if they get yeah. in trouble. Well, and look, at, I'm, a, I'm a life coach. People come to me for all this advice, yeah. but I don't have a perfect family. No. My kids haven't turned out the way. Ex- They've you turned know, out their way. Their way. And I have got the beautiful lesson of learning to love them for who they are as they oh. are. And I really think that's the lesson we're on the planet I, I to agree. learn. I totally do. It is about Get over it and just choose love. Because otherwise, it will, we will always make it about the next thing. It's about your grade. Mm-hmm. It's about your report card. It's about your job. It's about going on a mission if you're LDS. It's about doing this. It's about doing that. It's always about the so next do, thing. So do they have to do all that to earn your love, your approval? Mm. Do they have to fit the box that you want them to be in no. for you to love them? Because if that's the way you parent, you are not going to have trust no, in your right. relationship. Well, and if, that's, if they sense that that's all that matters to you is that I hit the box – you, you might be able to get them to jump into the box until they no longer want the box, until yeah. they no longer feel and then like – they're going to resent right. you and the box. I can get anyone to do anything once, it. right? You, but it's it's getting them to want their own box and live up to their own ideals and find a healthy way. If You can't force someone into that. No, you've got to decide which – if you really love them, what you want is them to be happy and them to self-actualize mm-hmm. and, and figure out who they are and live their truth and make yeah. good choices for them. Not for me, not so I look good, but so that you'll be happy. <laughs> that is parenting. That is the that, – there's the conundrum. How do I – how do I raise a child to be just like me without controlling – I mean it's like we always – it's not about us. We keep thinking it's about us. But it can't be. It has nothing to do with you. Which, you know who we really need to take parenting lessons from? Who? Is God. I know. But see, he had a child that was messed up. Well, he has a lot of children that are messed up. <laughs> That's so true. But you know what? Yeah. He just he loves us all as we are. Right. He's going to let us make our choices. He's going to trust us. And he's going to encourage us to make good choices for ourselves because he wants us to have a happy life. Right. And he knows 
good choices will create that. But he loves you no matter what you and he choose. won't steal your agency. He won't. You. It is your choice. Yep. There's a consequence. I, I won't even rob you from the consequence. I'll let you have the consequence, and I'll let you have the choice. And I'll, and I'll love you through and it. And I'll love you through here, and I'll be here whenever you want to change, if you do. Yeah. So I was telling it's you huge. at the break that I, I had a little test of, let's yeah, see if fact, Coach Kim's going to practice what she preaches yeah. today. You, I think you did a great job. Tell everybody what happened with your beautiful daughter. Well, and, and you know, based <clears throat> on our spiritual beliefs, we kind of frown on tattoos. Yeah. We should, the body's a um, temple. The body's a temple. You should just whitewash it and make it pretty. <laughs> so my beautiful daughter, she got a tattoo once before. I've had to adjust to yeah, this once before, it but it was kind of a hidden note. Was, it wasn't People like a big eagle a on her back. It was just a little, no, it was a little tweety smaller. Okay. So she sent me some pictures that she got two more tattoos <gasps> this morning. Mom. <laughs> and um, I didn't respond right away. You were breathing. You were practicing <laughs> your deep breathing exercises. Because truth be told, I I think I would have rather not. had her not yeah, yeah, get yeah, tattoos. No. Yeah. I'm afraid as she gets older, she may regret it. And sure. They always they always shrink. They're kind of permanent. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I, I And we had had a lot of really open conversations about it. And she knew that I would have preferred her not mm-hmm. to get tattoos. And so I think she's a little worried. How are you going to handle How this? I'm going to handle it. And then Did I get another off? text that off. says, Mom, does your silence mean you hate him? Are you mad at me? She's yeah. very she's very smart. She's very intuitive. Well, and we've also we've had a very open relationship. I've really I've learned from my situation with my older children to be open and so that they will talk to me about things yeah. and to show up with love and not judgment and fear. Right. And let it scare me. But I have to admit, I could feel my reaction to that to tattoos were all about me yeah. and and looking bad because my yeah. people are going to know me and, and see that, my kid has cat tattoos. And <gasps> Isn't that Kimberly Giles' daughter? And I have to admit. The it, life coach. Uh, yeah. That hit me for a minute. Yeah. And I realized, okay, that's not who I want to be. Sure. I don't want to let fear drive my choices here in the way I treat my child and behave. I choose love. I do. Mm-hmm. So I wrote her back and said, they're beautiful. They're beautiful tattoos and you're a beautiful girl and your mom loves you no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> that and, is so You know, it grown was my up. commitment though that that's the way I'm going to handle yeah. it because what, what if you really could you also just say, you know, I'm not into the tattoos, I think, because she actually chose some pretty, she chose quotes. She did. She chose some beautiful words. And I told you how funny it was when she sent the picture of the one because yeah. it says love over fear, which is what I teach. <laughs> See, she's, I know that she's playing you. She kind of is. But I, what I wonder is somebody out there is like, oh, well, you just gave in. Is there a way to love her? No. And not love what she did like i mean you didn't love what she did but you also didn't you didn't feel like this the the teaching moment wasn't to correct her the teaching moment was just she just needs love well you can not like tattoos that's okay but the the question is can you handle it without a judgment that's it that's the point that she's kind of not as good of a person Mm -hmm. because she did it and it's a very fine line Mm -hmm. and i think a lot of us have trouble walking that especially i think with our children because they are the we they're a reflection of us it's like this magnification of us. Yeah. So that fear of looking bad is. But I think the spirit the is so beautiful how you handle that. It's about her soul. It's not about her skin, right? It's not about 
What's on her skin? No, it's loving the person. Yep. And that's way more important. But l- like you said, I know a lot of parents are going to want to go there to, can I love the person yeah. and not what they did? Without judgment, yeah. can you? Because it, I, I think in the end, I think in the end, you're going to taint it. You will. And they will feel it because yeah. if there's judgment behind it, if you're disappointed in who they are because they made that choice, they're yeah. going to feel that. That's right. And they will not feel safe with you. That's not unconditional love. That's right. So there are times when we have to set that rule or standard a little bit aside and and make love more important. And, you know, that's I right. talk I a that. lot about that fear assessment that's on my website yeah. that people can take. It's actually a, a test that involves looking at your values. And so it's going to it's going to kind of make you look at a little bit of your subconscious programming as far as values and right. there are a lot of us that have rules that feel like they might be more important than love. And especially when they get triggered in a fear-based way, we yeah. want to say obedience to the rule. That feels more important than my unconditional love for your soul. That's it. See that that's it's I a think big the problem difference. As well, and, and I think that's where religion kind of we we get caught up because I think your God can handle loving you fully and your tattoos. And, Absolutely. And you, can, and you can feel the love. But as humans, if we really hate the tattoos, it's going to come out in our messaging. It's going to come out. <laughs> and I could say I love you, but your tattoos drive me crazy. So it's almost like maybe we ought to just defer to the highest principle of love and just master one principle. Well, and we, then... we know there's higher laws and lesser laws. Yeah, that's right. And love is the higher law. So I'm going to love the tattoos, honestly, mm-hmm. because I can't love her fully without judgment, without just loving her as yeah. she is. And That's at it. least she picked some beautiful yeah. quotes. And it doesn't that, mean you're... And they're great. And it doesn't... Yeah. Now now she just needs a couple Bible verses. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, whatever. But they're all so of a sudden... The, the funny thing is, is it doesn't also mean... You're going to go tattoo. You believe in tattooing. You think it's the best thing on the earth, and you're going to open a tattoo shop. shop no, up. you not just at all. love your daughter, and she's not tattoos. Yep, she's a special daughter of God, and you're not going to mess with that. Now we talked earlier. You know, my son who's had a problem with with drugs in the yeah. past, and and obviously I can't ever love drugs. No, it, it's not a good thing. Uh, but I, I have had to let go to a certain extent that this is the class he has signed himself up for. Yeah. And this is his life. It's That's his right. journey. And so if there's a lesson here that he needs to learn, and boy, it's going to be learning yeah. the hard way. And you wish you'd learn it fast. I I hope that. But I am going to love him where he is. And I'm not going to stand in judgment mm-hmm. of him there either. Because even though I haven't chosen drugs as as my fault or yeah. weakness i've got other things we all do and That's i so have powerful. to always remember that we're not better Mm-mm. than anybody else we mentioned that yeah. we're diamonds of the same value and we joke about it but when you have a conversation with your child and you're looking down at them from a position of i'm kind of better than you because i've made better choices right. yeah they're going to feel that and that's going to Take respect and trust out of the relationship. Right. You can't do it, and then you lose your influence. You so, will. So the very thing they'll shut you off. That's right. And so now you can't even influence the one that needs maybe more influence. You've chosen out because you went rigid on a practice or a position, and you gave up and a you principle. Close the door on yeah having the influence. Isn't that interesting? And and the more like he was talking earlier, um, Charles Green was talking earlier about. You then you have to listen, and the more you understand, 
the more it should foster some respect, some love, some trust. Yeah. And it might even increase your fears. Well, and just remember every time they bring you anything or or you find out anything that yeah. this lesson has shown up in your classroom to give you a chance yeah. to learn love at a deeper level. Your kids are here to teach you love. That's so true. Get ready for the lessons. Oh, Kim, you're such a pro. Thanks for sharing your pro- your personal stories. Well, I hope maybe they help somebody else. Now every my, time your daughter comes home and starts pulling her sleeve up, you're going to be like, what the? No, no. You'll get it. You love her. I love her. Well done. Okay, Kim, are you going to stick with us? We're going to play a game, Two Truths and a Lie. Sure. I will stick with you. Yes, you have to now. <laughs> we just I always lose these games. I know, but you'll be great. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll play the game, Two Truths and a Lie. Sean will lead us in that. We're wrapping it up, folks. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Today, talking about trust right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back. That is the hoedown music. This is the Matt Townsend Show. That means we're wrapping it up. And, uh, you know, we've been talking about trust all day on the show, so why not see how much we can trust each other on our show? Play along with us now as we have fun with two truths and a lie. Each of us on the staff here has um, has come up with two truths and one lie, and we're going to try to figure out which is which. See if you can uh, figure it out with us. Sean, are you ready? Oh, yes. Who, how, mm-hmm. What's the order? How do we do this? Uh, why don't we start with Maddie? Maddie Richard. Maddie, two truths, one lie. So um, the first one is I hate spoons, like the utensil spoons. <laughs> hate them. The second one is I have spent over $300 on one pair of shoes. The third one is I am a quarter Lebanese. Hmm. Spoons, shoes, Lebanese. Hmm. Who can guess? Um, well, we know she loves spooning. <laughs> so that's <laughs> awkward. I'm going to say Lebanese for my guess. Lebanese was so out there. What do you think, Kimberly Giles? I'm going to say the shoes. Two truths. So the, the lie are the shoes. The shoes are the lie. I actually think you're right on that yeah. because she twitched in a funny way. <laughs> I was trying to watch her eyes it, or something. Yeah, I couldn't see anything. It was twitchy. Uh, is it the shoes? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. See, Kim knows. I'm, I'm so glad that Kim knows that I wouldn't spend that much on shoes, and there's not very many shoes that are worth that much money. Like, yeah. Kim gets it. My wife has done that. Has spent 300 on a pair of shoes. I don't think since we've been married, she used her parents' I'm, money. I'm too cheap. I, am too. I wouldn't. They don't have 200 or 300 shoes at Kohl's. Yeah, TJ mm. Maxx. Don't oh wow, any. that was easy. All right, why don't we see what Aaron? So you got. are a little Lebanese. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh-huh. I knew that one actually. And you, you told me that before. And you, you don't like spoons. I hate them. Do you like sporks? They're fine. Okay. <laughs> They're fine to cut your She only half hates those. <laughs> okay. Okay, All who's right. next? Okay. I guess I'll Let's go. go with Aaron. All right. I've been to the Bahamas. I've never had my wisdom teeth out, and I've never owned a motorcycle. Open your mouth for a second. I know. <laughs> the second one. The second one is the wisdom the teeth? Hmm. What do you think? He's <laughs> keeping his mouth closed. I, I'm going wisdom teeth. Yeah, I'm going wisdom teeth too. Motorcycle. Bahamas. 
Okay, I'm glad uh, you guys didn't guess the same. Yeah, wisdom teeth is yeah, a lie. Mm. We are good. Matt's good. It's because he's a psychologist. It's because he didn't look at me right when he said that when he looked away. <sighs> Focus. Okay. Yeah, we do <laughs> Next know a time. little about body language. Yes. Now now we'll mess this one up. Next, Sean. Uh, let's try. Uh, I don't think Alyssa can hear me, so let's, Alyssa, let's get Alyssa. You're up, Alyssa. Alyssa Banks. Okay. It's always the second one. So I'm really bad at lying, so I'm going to try to stump all of you Watch guys. Her. You yeah. don't know me very well yet, so oh, I've got that advantage. True. I know you. Okay, so I have been to Hawaii. I have highlighted my hair just once. And I have three brothers and a sister. <sighs> I think the most personal one was her hair highlighting. Yeah. And so I'm going to go with that eye. one. And she's a blonde. Those that don't know it, she's a blonde, so she looks like she's highlighted every morning. Right. But, I just go but in the sun. You're just a natural blonde. Okay. Has everybody guessed? Everybody guessed? Yeah. Do you agree? Uh, that is mm-hmm. the lie. But, oh, yeah. but, but, oh, yeah. but guess what? I've never highlighted my hair. Haven't you? Uh-uh. So, yeah. That's a fun little fact that about me. That is a fun fact. <laughs> Your hair's blonde and unhighlighted. Well, this is easy. Oh, okay. So let's, far. Oh, no. Here we go. Oh, Here we go. Sean. Here we go. Hold on. I got to look ready? at you. Just to look at you to yeah. get your All right. twitching. All right. I graduated as salutatorian of, a high, of my high school. Uh, I have worked at a foreign radio station. And I have ridden the Cougar statue in front of Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Where did you ride it? Well, it's, it's stationary, but I still but wrote you, it. you got on top okay. of it. <sighs> hmm. What, what was your first one? I graduated as salutatorian of my high school. Is it, What's a salutatorian? I've that's never heard that's that. right under valedictorian. Is it really? Yeah. Is that, are those the ones that ride the, the mascot? Cougar? Exactly, yes. Okay. <laughs> At graduation. At graduation. <laughs> but that was from high school, not, not college. Hmm. What do you think? That's a tough one. Radio show outside of the country. I, I, I know he's done that. Uh, riding... The cougar <laughs> statue, mm, creepy, voice. but believe it. Yeah, I think the graduate from a high school one. Yeah, the salutatorian. The salutatorian. That is correct. That's I did lie. not do that. Oh, we are good. Oh, you know, it's so easy. We just trust each other. So mm-hmm. we can tell when the person's lying and we know things about each other. It's beautiful, really. Okay. I don't know. Maybe it's that we're both coaches too, and boy, yeah. we uh, we, we get intuition about people. I think that's it. I think we're that's high part sensitives. Yeah. Uh, Michael, okay. Mm-hmm. okay, Mike, can he trick us here? Are you guys ready? This is it. Okay, okay get him. So get here him. is my hit him in the eyes. Three truths and a lie. Okay, three. Uh, I have one younger brother. In high school, I was class president, and I once won a dance contest. Contest. Okay. I know. You don't have a younger brother. You have an older brother. That's wrong. Wait. I shouldn't tell. <laughs> I was just kidding, but now that we know, because you fell for my ruse. I thought you were class president. I was class vice president. Okay. Yeah. So there's oh. two I know. So um, Dance contest. Uh, that was the lie. I won. Yeah, that, you got the lie. He's still like filming. <laughs> <laughs> See how this goes, you guys? It's we can easy. Tell. We you know. can't lie. We know where you live. Can, can you? We know you don't have. <laughs> I want to see Matt do it. Then I want to see if Matt. Yeah. Oh, we don't lie. have time. Darn oh, we it! Have three, yeah, we, do. we have two minutes. We have one two minute. Mi- we have one minute. 
Oh, man. <clears throat> um, I... You don't believe me. I've already said a lie. Here. You're stalling. Um, okay. I didn't even think I was going to do this. So <laughs> I, um, I yeah. coached girls football okay. in high school. Okay. I have done CPR on over 10 people. That's true. And... I love writing. No, sorry, writing. <laughs> writing. Okay. Right. I we all don't know. think you coached girls we all football. Know. No. <laughs> that was. What? You don't think so? Maddie thinks it's, I don't like writing. It's the writing. Yes. I think it's the writing too. What was my second one? <laughs> the, CPR. the CPR. You gave yeah. CPR. You were an EMT, so that I that's did. a given. Uh, I've done CPR on over 20 people. Mm-hmm. Wow. So that's actually true. That was the lie. So oh. all three were a lie. Oh. I did coach. I coached powder puff football in high school for my high school team. Oh. Booyah! And I do like writing. I just don't ever do it. <laughs> Because it's hard. Because I'm lazy. Kim, thanks for being here. You're the best. Thanks for having me. This was fun. That was a piece of cake. And keep being an awesome mom. Here's a quote for you. A relationship without trust is like a car without gas. You can stay in it all you want, but it won't go anywhere. Tomorrow on the show, folks, we'll be helping women on our show, helping them to find the good in their lives and keeping it going. This is the Matt Townsend Show back tomorrow on the topic of helping women. This is uh, brought to you by BYU Radio and Sirius XM 143.